Hello, 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 and welcome to the Blue Oval Podcast. My name is Ben Weissel, and joining me, as always, Garrett Zetlin. How's it going, man? Ben, this past weekend was an absolute thrill. Um, I think I said in our first thoughts article that I can't remember the last time I enjoyed working on a Saturday as much as I just did. It almost, almost made up for the terrible weekend of football um, that you and I both just had. Horrible. Um, yeah, horrible on different scales, but horrible nonetheless. Um, and yet, I think we can all take comfort in the fact that none of us are Florida State fans. And I think that's the biggest the biggest oh, win of all here. For those of you who don't know, Florida State didn't uh, advance to the college football playoff despite being the ACC champions and undefeated this season. Um, so pretty wild stuff there. But uh, I, I hope the, the excitement of, of Boston uh, kind of made up for some of the football uh, letdowns. Yes, absolutely. And, and this is one of the rare weeks where I'm coming in blind to your opinions. I haven't read your the first thoughts or anything. Normally, I try to, to at least read that to see where we where like, so I know where we're going to disagree from the, the get go. This time, I, I have no idea. So I, I, I'm curious to see where this conversation goes before we get to all the BU action. Some not not so exciting numbers with the ratings and reviews. We are up zero on both Spotify and Apple Podcast. As the as we're getting going with the indoor track, I know it's a little bit of a a, a letdown after cross country season in BU. Just remember, send us a a review or a rating just while you got time on your holiday break. You got plenty of time. Just go ahead and do it. Yeah. So ratings and reviews. I know you don't think it helps. It does. And I feel like every time I tell the audience that, someone goes in and does it. So please, please do that. Thank you. Also, we're on YouTube. So um, yes. subscribe there. Uh, we're putting up some post-race interviews, some of our um, podcasts as well, um, a handful of other different projects that we have up there. And we'll continue to utilize that space a bit more. Um, subscribers to the site can see um, a little bit more of our interviews, um, a handful of different aspects as well. Um, so I'll leave it with that. And Benjamin, where do you want to start today? Let's start. So this weekend was obviously the BU Sharon Collier Danville season opener. We're just going to say BU so we don't have to say the, the name every time. But the 5Ks, as always, were absolutely fantastic. And I think we got to start with... Volby, Parker Volby's performance and Grambling's performances both were outstanding. Which one do you think stood out more than the other? I, I think uh, it's hard because Volby's got that round. She's under the round number of like the sub 15, whereas like Grambling's 1306 is, is probably fairly comparable but it's not under that round number that like makes it that perform like a sub 13 just sounds better than a, a 1306. Yeah. And, right. but it's hard, it, it's hard to divorce yourself from like those kind of like just preconceived, like just numbers that, that we like to, to use. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it this way. I think the final result from Volby was more impressive than the final result from blanks. I mean, again, we're, we're nitpicking here, but I think, how blanks ran his race and executed was significantly better than Volby, um, essentially just doing a time trial with uh, uh, Andy Rosenthal. Rosenthal's, um, Rodenfels, Rosenthal's, thank you. 
uh, and then being, essentially acting as a rabbit, even though she yeah. was in the race. So I'll go uh, with that. But you tell me which one you want to start with first. Let's start with Volby because I I think someone put it in our Slack if like put a pull up if she's gonna run Mara. sub fifteen. Mara, yeah. And I was I looked at it and I was like, that seems ambitious, but I ultimately said yes because she's coming off of such a good cross country season where she seems to have been very healthy and running better than she ever has and just taken a, a leap and I knew at BU it's going to be a good opportunity. I thought it was a. I thought I was probably being a little aggressive saying sub fifteen, and yet I. I mean, she easily cleared that mark, which I, I think is the most stunning part about that performance. I'm not going to lie. I was almost offended that <laughs> she put in sub fifteen. I was like sub fifteen. You mean something that no collegiate has ever done? I think Lisa Cole of Iowa State technically ran 1455 out of season, all season's best kind of localities yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but that was on an outdoor track. No one's ever run so 15. Two we ran, what, 15 or three last yep. year? And we were like, oh my gosh. To me, the idea of sub 15 on an indoor track, and like, yeah, she was dominant, but, you know, it, it was. I was like, sub-15 is so aggressive. No woman had ever gone, no collegiate for the NCAA record had ever gone under 15-12. I mean, it, it was such an absurd number, and I was offended. I was like, absolutely not. No. <laughs> and I was like, if she breaks 15-10, it's a great day. A, fan, a fantastic day. Yeah. I'm, I'm now at a point where I think you have to wonder... And I don't know this because I'm not deep enough into the history. I wasn't around. I'm only here for this era. Is this the best duo of distance, collegiate distance runners ever? It has to be. And it has to be. And I, I don't know what the comparison is in another sport. I couldn't figure it out. And I, I, I don't know what the comp is. Like, I don't think it's Kobe and LeBron because then you're saying it's the top two ever, which I don't think we're quite there yet. Yeah. But, I couldn't find in any sports, swimming, gymnastics. It's like Magic I'm Bird is is kind of like, and, and that, it might be even be, be better than that. Because, I mean, Magic Bird, definitely both top 10 guys all time. And Volby and Tui might be edging towards top five. And and maybe there's some people that say Bird and Magic are top five. But, like, I, I think Volby and Tui are edging towards top five territory. Well, if they said Bird was top five, they'd be wrong. Um, but that's a that's a Sixers fan of me. We're talking to two Philly guys. Yeah, we we can't a, have a good conversation about this. Yeah, not neither here nor there. But the fact of what Volby has done since June, winning that five k national title, you kind of look at what the rivalry has been between her and Caitlin Tui now, and it's so much more legitimate. It feels mm-hmm. it's like you know this was like a one sided like quote unquote rivalry. And now Volby has just taken it to a completely different level. And she did it alone. She soloed it. And I'm so blown away. Like, I, I, it's, it's, I'm so impressed. I'm just so impressed. I knew she was great, um, but I, I, I don't know. I just wasn't expecting that. I, I think this performance gives a lot of credence to the idea that Volby could have beaten Tui even with Tui being at full strength at NCAAs. I was someone who was still picking Tui going into 
mm-hmm. uh, NCAA championships for cross country. But it was clear that Volby had taken a step forward, like just the way that she was dominating races to an even higher level and the fact that she was able to beat Tui at Nuttycomb. It, it proved that either maybe something's a little off with Tui, but more than likely Volby's just gone up a level. And this just and it's hard to tell that in, in cross country because times are so dictated by courses, weather, whatever, or, or just the tactics. And, but on the track, you get some firm, hard numbers. And for her to go sub-15, I think that just shows that she is at a level that no NCAA runner's ever been at, not even Caitlin Tuohy. And that if she can continue to do this, she's, gonna, I, I, she's going to beat Tuohy in the 5K. I don't, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not ready to say that she could do that in the 3K because I think Tuohy still has that speed edge. But like right now, she is clearly the best 5k runner in the country and i i think that's a pretty stunning thing to say considering we're in the era of arguably the best distance runner ever on the women's side well are we sure two is not even going to go pro before that yeah and, and that's and like I, I think the general feeling has been like she's gonna now there's nothing solidified right. nothing that i know and set in stone like there's been no not that i know has been any like firm decision but it feels like the general consensus is that she'll go pro probably sooner rather than later. And truthfully, I would be surprised if she went pro before March. Uh, she went pro after March. I feel like she would most likely Do go pro sooner rather than later. Yeah. It might be in the next couple of weeks. Because, um, you know, especially because I think what happens is that what, aren't there a lot of these pro contracts on an annual cycle that start during the new year? So it would make a lot of sense, I believe, in my mind. For her to go pro and so for that reason it basically just opens the door we'll see what doris lemongall can do um that'll be pretty interesting and i think now this also gets into an interesting conversation of what does volby do in the 3k and i think this kind of leads us into a separate performance of olivia markazic running an unbelievable 840 mark for 3k destroys an elite elite field of collegiates who like who would is the favorite in the 3k now do you see the conundrum i'm having oh yeah no absolutely and i i would lean oh, i don't know i keep going I, I i'm going back and forth just in that same in that sentence i would lean volby but just because i i think she's just in another class of fitness but markasich has clearly shown that she's at a, a new like peak for her fitness and she has better speed than Valby. I, I trust her more with a lap to go if they're neck and neck. But yeah, I, and to your Tui point, I think it makes probably the most sense for her to turn pro. And if I'm her agent um, or were her, like if she was able to hire an agent, I would tell her to go pro um, because I don't think there's a whole lot to be gained running over running this next year. But as a fan, man, I want to see her and Volby go head to head like at least one or two more times. Like I, I just think the the way that Volby has stepped it up, and if she can continue to stay healthy, it. it I mean, we talked about Magic Bird. Like that's the kind of like rivalry that we could see actually develop, where they're both picking up wins over this next year. And I, I just would love to see that. And I, I unfortunately think you're you're right that we just unfortunately kind of missed the boat on that 
Yeah, and again, I'm not. I just want to clarify because I know people. Not reporting, not aggregating it. No no. one's saying that we know for sure that she's going pro. She could very well run in the winter. I would be surprised if that's the case, but that's just the personal feeling that I've gotten from my conversations. Who knows? Um, The rest of the 5K field, I want to be a surprise. I want to talk about it. I don't know if there's a lot to talk about. I perfectly nailed Hill Alamomway's time. Maybe unless I said 1516. I mean, it's close. Chloe Scrimgeour, 1524, continues yep. to be a true breakout star. She was the third best collegiate. Kenzie Doyle in 1527. I think we need to talk about this. Where did that come from? Yeah, I I scrolled right past it because I, I was just like, no, nah, I don't recognize that name. Like, that, that can't be like a, a collegiate. collegiate. Yeah. And, and sure enough, I mean, to the fact that she was in, in the first heat, I, I think is pretty incredible. Yeah, and that's I wrote in the preview. I was like, um, what what's she doing in the top eight? <laughs> like, I wanted to be nice about it, but I was like, listen, she could be super fit, awesome, but like, I don't even I don't know what the justification is. Well, clearly that's the justification, but I didn't know what the credentials were beforehand. Um, so clearly Boston knew something, UMass knew something, Kenzie Doyle knew something beforehand that we didn't. But 1527, it feels very Emily McKay-esque. Yeah. Um, Northeast, I think they were actually at the same conference uh, where, you know, she's she's pretty good mile, 3K, 5K, kind of hybrid, solid mid-major, but now really stepping up. Um, that's what it kind of feels like. And 1527 certainly puts her in that conversation. So um, great race for her. I think she's going to be, so I would be shocked if she didn't get into the national meet. She's safe at 1527. Behind her, who's the performance that you thought was maybe the best or most encouraging, so on and so forth? Uh, I think Racina Machu, just as a, another like great example of, of a, a more firm example of how good she has gotten over the last three months that we've seen it. We've seen the breakout performances throughout the cross-country season. She ran great, obviously, at NCAAs as well, but this was just another kind of stamp of like she is a, clearly an All-American contender in almost any race she runs right now, it seems. Um, I'll be interested to see what she does in the 3K and anything lower than that. But right now she's on a roll because, I mean, you look at the the rest of these names like Molly Bourne. Um, it's good to see Jenna Hutchins run fast, but like Anika mm-hmm. Rice, Elise Stearns, Grayson Lark, like Ella Bron, like Phoebe Anderson, like all these women, it's not stunning to see them run these times. I, I think for Machu, after having such a breakout year on the grass, to see her be able to transition and continue to do that on the track. I think is very encouraging. I'm not going to lie. I kind of thought I would get a little bit more out of Rosita Machu. Um, yeah. I, I, I think this was set up for her to run probably like low 1530s or fit like sub 1530, especially that since she was in that top heat, but for her to be able to kind of hang on and, and still run a, a very solid time, I, I think is a, a good performance. Yeah. I, I like Jenna Hutchins. The fact that she nearly got heat to win. I mean, pointing yeah. through seconds, crossing the line with rice there. Um, that to me was encouraging. I needed something a little bit more after that, after a cross country season that ended not great. She was talented, but she just didn't end it on a good note. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I thought the times would be a little faster from he too. So that was kind of going to be my question. If we saw four collegiates go sub 1530, I think I'm, I'm correct in saying that. Well, yes. And yes, then we have a, this big group, at like between 1536 and 1539. What do we think like 
do we think four women qualified here? Do we think <sighs> maybe like six did? Like I, I, I don't like, know. I feel like you're probably getting. Ah, gosh, I, I think the fifteen thirty sevens are gonna get in because usually what happens is that a lot of these national qualifying times come from Boston U anyways. Now, right. not all of them. There's certainly you know Washington produces plenty, yeah. uh, especially depending on the race and, and how those unfold. Um, and there will be another BU race. Um, there will be another BU in, race in, the, in in what February? That's usually pretty loaded. Right. So. Right, and so you kind of look at that and they go, well, if this is the race and like, yeah, I don't think all of them were going to get in, but I could see the 1537s going to get in. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if the 1537s get in, that adds another, what, four names to the list? Uh, so, and, and that's well, where well, it's that's where it's tight. That's like, it ends up being like eight of the 16, which you're right, that, that sometimes is the case. But I, I, I feel like Molly Bourne's in. And that I, I I would be a little nervous if I'm Jenna Hutchins, Anika Rice. That's fair. Yeah. So it, it'll be it'll. I always love watching the line, and it seems like every year it's better and better. So uh, it it'll be something to monitor. Why don't we go and transition to the men's 5K though? We we mentioned Graham Blanks's really incredible performance running 13:06 for the 1303. win or 13:03. Excuse me. Um, 1303 for the win over Kai Robinson's 1306, excuse me. Just, uh, I mean, you look at this field, easily taking down Parker Wolf, uh, Haptum Samuel from New Mexico, uh, just a great group, um, and nearly going sub 13. Is, is Graham Blanks just like the guy at this point? I, I, I know we've mentioned over the years and I've written about it in the past about we, we haven't really had that one true dominant guy that goes kind of like all the way through the year, like NCAA title on the grass and then several NCAA titles in the winter and spring. We haven't really had a guy like that. Kai Robinson obviously had a great fall or uh, not a fall, great spring last year, but didn't have the, the prerequisite um, grass or indoor seasons. Do we think Blanks can can do that the wire to wire kind of year? He he could. Um, it would be kind of like, and I think you're right. Like I'm kind of thinking about that. It's like it's been a bit since what, like the Grant Fisher, the Treasurek, Morgan McDonald era. Like uh, Justin, yeah, it's like Morgan McDonald is really the last one to do it. Justin Knight yeah. before him, um, and then Cheserek. Yeah, I think that's kind of what the era is. Maybe Nagus, uh, even though Nagus and no, that good, the goose hawker tier everyone was so at high, such a high level but they all clash at the same time yeah. um yeah i i think he certainly has a shot and what was so impressive about this performance is not necessarily the time, like don't get me wrong the time is wildly impressive but what more impressed me was how he ran it he started out a little bit more conservative slowly moved up to the field didn't wait too long to get up there but certainly you know wasn't too eager either uh mm -hmm. once he got up there he hung around he just let the the pace carry him uh with the leaders when he made his move it was decisive it was quick it seemed like he maybe even had a second gear after that he powered home it was one of the best like perfectly executed races and I just thought he made every little move at the exact perfect time. 
And that's why I think like he can be the guy. Because again, it's another thing. We've said this, I've said this time and time again, where it's you can run fast, that's great, but can you make the necessary moves to get marquee wins like this? Can you respond to surges when the rest of the pack is sleeping? Like I remember last year's indoor 5K at Nationals. It was very surge based. Yeah. It was very on and off, you know, cat and mouse kind of game. Um, and I think that's that's something that Grant Blanks can respond to incredibly well. And he's shown that over the last few weeks. Yeah, I think I just want to see him win a little bit more of a tactical race. I, I, he, sure. Don't don't get me wrong. He he ran this as well as you could have. And this is not set up to be like a ta- this is uh, set up to run fast. And he still closed in about 57 seconds in that last 400 which is crazy, but we're going to have more than likely you're going to need to close in 55 to, to win an NCAA title, depending on how, how the race is run, but yeah, he can do that. No. And I, I think so too, but it, it's, it, it's just interesting. He'll be going up against a guy like Robinson, who I think you and I both believe has a little bit of better of a kick. He's certainly, I think overtaken like the Nico young and the Drew Bosley's of the world in terms of like, who you trust to have the most strength. So I, I just think it'll be interesting. This this race was a perfect one for the the guy that he has turned into, especially over the, uh-huh. the past few months. So it's hard for me to really say that he's going to be able to... It's hard for me to say that we really learned anything new about him other than he's really, really freaking good. I, 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 the jury's still out, but I would love to see someone really take that mantle and, and, and win several NCAA titles across three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. He certainly could. Um, I think, I think you bring up a good point though, with the tactical aspect. And this is not me like being critical, but like, yeah, we've seen a lot of instances where people run super fast times, but they don't always have the tactics behind it. I think Blanks is a little different. I think he's proven mm-hmm. over the last few months that he does have, um, you know, something a little bit more substantial in terms of the tactical aspect. Um, we'll see what happens. And again, you need speed at the end of those races. You need to be in position. Um, I think he can very much win. It. In fact, I think he's the favorite, but I think, Kai Robinson at 1306. Yeah. That's fast enough to the point where I'm like, okay, what happens in a tactical race? And I think he's still very much in the conversation. And frankly, I thought Robinson was a little more aggressive than I expected him to be. He was consistently at the front with a lot of the Pacers and with Sam Aiken, uh, Aiken, excuse me, Aiken. And he's usually someone who's a little more nuanced in terms of how he approaches these races. But if he's still running 1306, and I think he was probably thinking like, Let's, let's just go get the record. Let's just go get it. And with I, I don't know if this race is quite as fast, maybe not 13 or 3. I don't know if it's quite as fast without Robinson, you know, also being up there to push with Atkin and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I thought that was impressive. And I'd still keep uh, Robinson, at, I think, in the national title conversation at the very least. I mean, he also broke the record. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's 1B to, to Graham Blanks' 1A at this point. And it is like, it, you do mention that he, he has been more aggressive, and that's that was kind of the approach that he took at NCAAs too, which was a, a kind of a surprising thing for me. He usually, like you said, does a good job of kind of just hanging back and responding to moves and then making a big kick. And I, I would prefer that he would do that. Yeah. Um, I, I think he kind of cost himself a little bit at NCAAs here. It's not as big a deal. It's, I mean, what are, there's no reason to kind of sit 
that much in this right. kind of race. But I hope that when we get to March, he's a little bit more conservative. And then I think we have a, a, a true title race that'll be really, really fun to watch. Um, I want to highlight the rest of the collegiates in this field. Parker Wolf, 13-13. I think this is kind of the performance that we're like, nice. Okay, this is a step, yeah. like significantly noticeable step in the right direction. Optum Samuel, 13-14. Liam Murphy, 13-21. Great race by him. Alex Merritt, 13-21. And then Nico Young wins Heat 3 in 13-22. He wins that. He was apparently, according to his Instagram story, supposed to be the pacer, and it was just like... I'm just going to finish, actually. Um, and then he still wins 13-22. This was less than four hours after he won, uh, he wins the men's 3K in 7.37. That is incredible. Drew Bosley was also in this race. Uh, in Heat 3 ran 13.29. He had run 7.43, I believe, earlier uh, in the evening as well. I, I want to hold off and talk about the NIU men later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's hold off on them for now. But thoughts on everyone else behind Blanks and Robinson. Nothing shocking, just very solid, good performances. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I think that's like Wolf is probably the biggest outlier out of this group. But everyone else, I, I, I and I liked what we saw out of Murphy. Mayor, we know he can do this. Like, then you look behind, further back, Kiermi Yego, Jackson Sharp, Dennis Kipnagich, and Bob Liking all sub 1330. I mean, are we really surprised by any of those names? Like, I, I, I think... It's just, again, you're going to have to run sub-1330 at least to qualify like this year, which is just bonkers. Like, it is going to be ridiculously fast to, to qualify in the 5K this year. I wanted to take a look and figure out how many of these men went under 1320 last year because it feels like, well, we had four four men this year that went under 1320 collegiately. And yep. I feel like we had a little, yeah, we had one, Four, 13, two, 15 this year. Yeah, that, that's true. So let me, okay. So here's how many men went under, um, 13, 20 at BU last year. It was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight men went under 13, 20. We only got four this year. Yeah. Um, got a lot it, of 13, 21s, 13, 22s. Yeah, we got a lot of those. And so I'm wondering how much faster the 5K cutoff is going to be. I mean, not how What was the cutoff last year? The top 16 cutoff was, drum roll please, it was 13.29, but hard, well, yes, it was 13.29 regardless of scratches um, because there was one scratch and someone got it, so. I still think it will be faster. We just might not have as many sub-1320s because, I mean, you look at it, there's already seven guys under 1323. Um, and then we have another group at, let's see, one, two, three, four, four more guys under 1329. For D1, we should say. Yeah, for D1, yeah. So that's what, we're up to 11 right there under 1329? I mean... Yeah, um, but if you also think about like who, how many guys also went under thirteen thirty after the BU season opener, yeah. it was one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Yeah, I mean, like it was really like a heavy portion of last year's meet, like a seven, like ten, eleven of them were basically from this meet last year. So, 
Yeah, if I'm Dennis Kipnagich, I think he's like the line. Like third that thirteen twenty six. I, I think he I think Bob Lanking is probably a little nervous at thirteen twenty eight. I don't and... know. I think he's I, I think I like him better at thirteen twenty eight than I would have liked someone else last year. Yeah, maybe. But um I mean there's I, I think Bosley's probably gonna have to run again. You got like Casey Klinger, if he's back healthy at some point during this indoor season, he's someone that certainly will go under maybe some of the other BYU guys when when they, they do run a 5K. There's certainly guys out there that I think can go under that 1328. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I, I think that I think that I, for me, I think it's that 1326 is kind of the, the line, which will be interesting to follow. Have you seen how many men, just men in total, not collegiates, mm-hmm. uh, went under 14 minutes? No, um, I, I'm not going to scroll. Give me a guess. I'm not going to scroll. Yeah, no, all no, the way no, down. Give me a guess. That's what I want. Um, Fifty-three. <laughs> You're not even close. It's that many more? Oh my gosh! Now remember, this is this is collegiates and unattached and pros, right? Um, That's ridiculous. Ninety-seven men went for John Tatter, unattached of North Carolina, uh, fourteen flat. He was ninety-eight. And then everyone else went under 14 minutes. This is wild. Like there's some great names at the back end of these. Yeah, so. I'm trying to I'm trying to count how many like non-collegiates there were to see if I if I can help my case, but uh it's yeah, not it's looking not not looking good. I think like there's maybe 20, so there's probably still like 70. <laughs> That's incredible. It's it's pretty wild. So okay. Let's move on to the three Ks. Who do you want to go to, men or women? Um, let's stick with the men since we were just talking about, so we can talk about that NAU duo. Nico Young takes home the win in 737, number two all time, three, three all time. Um, and Brian Masao, 738 in second. Um, and then we had Ryan Shopey, who is the third collegiate in 738 as well. Bosley was fourth in 743, fourth collegiate. Um, man. This was just so impressive. Like, I just, I truly did not think Nico Young had the wheels to be able to run this fast. To be able to nearly run, to basically be running, what, 404 pace for, like, nearly two miles is just insanely fast. And Brian Massau, again, just another proof, another indicator that he is legit. Oklahoma State is going to have just a wildly good DMR again. Like, they are going to run something so absurd. Like, I I don't even know how much they're going to beat the record by again. It's going to be crazy. But Nico Young, hats off to him. And and this is a great indicator that, I mean, I, I still don't trust him in the 3K to win. But maybe this shows that he might be more ready to win a 5K. And unfortunately, he's going to have to go up and... Blanks and Robinson, who I think are as two two of the best contenders that we've seen for a 5K over the last few years, but he looks like he's in he's in a different kind of shape, has a different kind of speed, and I think that's going to be so like so very conducive to winning the 5K this year. Two things: he was seated at 7:51. Don't know why. Very <laughs> odd. Um, I don't know how you. 14 seconds faster than your seat. Is that what he there. ran in high school? <laughs> yeah, I, I it's pretty close to it. I think he ran 756, 757. But the point uh, standing, I think the second point here is that like, oh my gosh, 
Nico, I have never seen you kick like this. I've never seen this. I've been asking for years. Like, show me some turnover. Show me a kick. Show me some speed. And it was so good. And not only did he run fast and probably, you know, he's probably at his best over 5K and 10K. Not only did he run so incredibly fast over 3K, but the way that he kicked... Uh-huh. perfect slingshot around the curve his turnover was clearly better he had so much speed at the end of there and he outkicks guys like ryan shoppy for instance yep. who's very very good in terms of his turnover i think he's like a 354 or 365 mile pr it was i mean i could forget the time if they yep. just run that fast if they run 808 30 and nico young shows that kind of speed i'm thrilled and it, it i'm so encouraged and i i'm just really happy to see that because now i feel like i can kind of go into these winter months feeling like i can get a little bit behind him right am i ready to be like am i ready to quite put him in the blanks um in the blanks robinson 5k title conversation i don't know if i'm quite ready for that but if i continue to see hints of this throughout the rest of the season i i might end up I might end up having to pick him for a national title at some point. I mean, that it was really, really impressive. And I was so thrilled to have, to finally see that. Yeah. 27, four last 200. That's I, I think the biggest number, honestly, out of all this. And for him to run the fastest last lap out of anybody is also pretty wild. Um, and to pass as many people as he did in the last lap, I think is also a great indicator and this is just not the race like if you uh freeze the video at 200 to go one lap left and you ask me to pick who's going to win i'm picking several people before i pick nico young yep. and i think him picking or taking down this field and getting this win in the manner that he did is the most exciting thing and just again i keep coming back to just shows that he has turned another leaf and ready to actually challenge for uh, a victory besides just having a great great time and he's not he's run fast before this is faster than he's ever run before but the thing like you said we're most encouraged about is that turnover it is the way that he ultimately ended up winning this race Brian Massell, 738, NCAA number four all-time. Ryan Shoppy, 738.8, NCAA number seven all-time, I believe. Um, two notes here. Brian Massau might run under 13.08 in the 5K this season if he continues to run yep. like this. He is unbelievably fit, and he also is just completely unfazed by the men around him. He's a rookie from overseas. Usually, you know, whether you're a freshman, whether you're an international athlete who's never really had NCAA experience or you're both, that's pretty impressive because usually guys don't respond well. And he has time and time and time again. I've been so impressed by him. I still think we just need to learn more about him before I can really like analyze this. this but um, let's just put it this way. He's insanely fit. And then Ryan Shabby, um, I have a feeling he might go down as the most underappreciated or underrated yeah. distance runner of this millennium. I mean, he does. He just turns in a like, like a mouthwatering performance once every year, like every or once every season, really, where you're just like, where the heck did that come from? And you look at the performance list at the end of each season, you're like, oh yeah, 
forgot that uh yeah he's number two on the performance list this year somehow and none of us are going to pick him to be top three in this race at ncaa's but like i yeah i i agree he he just consistently puts together these world-class times year in and year out yeah like 741.99 last year he was fifth on the national leaderboard, which is just <laughs> wild. And like, it's so, it's so absurd. I do love that he just ran as fast as he does, you know, just because I have always thought of him as like a very dynamic, explosive name. When you pair that three, when you pair this new 3K 738 with a 337 1500 PR with a 355 mile PR endurance of 337 or 5K, which frankly, he could run faster than that if you're running 738. Yeah. Um, Love that. I mean, in the all this, by the way, like Fuad didn't run the 3K. Mayor was 1321 in the 5K. <sighs> Dennis Kipnagich, you know, was 1325. 26, 26. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> like, can you imagine that Oklahoma State has a 738 guy on their roster and they won? NCAA XE championships with 49 points, five in the top 15 without him. Wild. And they're, yeah. And a lot of these guys are coming back next year. Like, yeah. well, it's, it is absolutely stunning. The, the rest of this group, Bosley, yeah, 743, Chariot, 745, Lucas Kiprop, 747. Um, good performances, but just speaks to how good the NCAA is at the 3K that, we're not really batting an eye at those times anymore, um, which is if you would have told us that two years ago, we would have fallen straight on our face. Bosley, I think it's I think it's a worth conversation worth having. I don't want to say that I'm worried about him. I'm not. But Nutty Comb, he opts to be the aggressor. Doesn't work out in his favor. Doesn't have that last gear shift. NCAAs is one of the aggressors up there can't hang with the top group. 3K, he's the NCAA record holder in this event. He, again, is a pre- pretty aggressive in this race. He's very aggressive, actually, in terms of running from the front. Doesn't have that last gear at the end. I I don't know how confident I am in him right now. Um, he, he seems to be missing that last gear, and I know he has it, and I'm sure by February I'll be like, well, that was a silly thing to be concerned about. Um, but I just thought that was interesting, especially because he's he continues to be the aggressor in a lot of these situations. So he's just not at peak fitness. I I, I think it's like it's clear that he's just not at a hundred percent of his fitness that he could be or has been at before. Like I I don't know if that's a injury that he suffered at some point. I don't know if there's something else going on. I'm not going to obviously speculate, but I, I just, I, I just don't think he's fully him and he's still running fine. Like, like these aren't bad performances. He's just running at 90, 90 for five, 5%, which is still better than 99% of the NCAA, but it's just not, he needs that extra 5% or so to really be like with the, like with Nico young, with the rest of these guys, um at the top top level you know by the way in case we forgot to mention this again nico young 1322 drew bosley 1329 four hours after less than four hours after these performances super super impressive okay women's 3k let's move to that olivia markazic just followed the pacer and then just kept hitting the gas even more 
and gapping the field and gapping the field. I thought she was a favorite. Um, I didn't pick her to win, but I wouldn't have been surprised if she won. Um, I had her running 853. If you had told me she had run 846, I would have been impressed, but not shocked. Well, she ran 840. That's the second fastest 3K time ever in collegiate history. Caitlin Tui is only faster at 835. Yeah, 836, yeah. is it? Um, 835, yeah. Uh, it, it was so impressive. And the thing with Markazic is that, like, we've seen her have turnover and use tactical understanding, and she's experienced, and she continues to improve, and she's coming off of a tremendous postseason peak at the NCAA Championships. Again, we're going to come back to this conversation of Volby's still out there. Let's assume Tui's not in the picture. Is Markazic your 3K national title favorite right now? I, I, I'm again, I'm going to still lean Volby, but Markazic is doing everything you could possibly ask for someone who would be the favorite. I, it seems foolish to bet against her. She has gotten better and better at the flat 3K every single year. She surprised herself with her performances at, I think, BU last year and then NCAA's last indoor season. And it looks like she's surprising herself once again. Like, these, uh, just, I didn't think she had this much room to improve. And every time I think that, she goes out and exceeds my expectations by like five seconds. I, I, I think it would be, I, I, I got to stop putting like ceilings on her. And I, I think I could end up looking very foolish picking against her ever in, in any, any race for the rest of the year. Yeah, it sounds like she's also going to do a DMR. We had Angela May, our, our freelance guy out there. Um, you know, she, she had put an emphasis on saying that she would probably like to do the DMR 3K double um, yeah. this year. So, you know, I, I'm, oh man, I'm so impressed. 840 in that field. And here's, let's, let's talk about the women who yeah. she beat. And soundly outran. Like, it wasn't really close at all. It was Maya Ramsden in second, 846. Dukes, Amina Matug, 846 in third. Bilip Chapkiri of Oklahoma State, fourth place, 849. Maddie Elmore, she was the fifth uh, fifth collegiate in 850 from Oregon. Kaylee Mitchell of Oregon State, 851. Flamina Asikal, 852 from Florida. Kimberly May of Providence, 854. Then Riley Chamberlain wins heat two in nine flat uh, from BYU there. That is such an incredible field. And all of these women, I would say, are like, elite at their best 3k runners like i think you can make the argument that everyone who i just mentioned yeah with the possible exception of asical and maybe may that the 3k is their best event yeah i agree i mean ramston's the perfect example of that a 1500 meter uh champion ncaa champion but also someone who can run a great 5k and was what sixth at ncaa's this past uh cross-country season like or top 10 at least like where's this ramson eighth eighth yeah some somewhere in there but yeah so this is right in her wheelhouse for a 3k for for 10th for for someone who is that good at cross country and that good in the 1500 and for markazic to just like you said it it wasn't close to beat her that soundly and these are good performances by ramson matug like jeff curie like 846 and 849 like those are great great runs if you would have told any of them that they were going to run that they would have happily taken it i believe before they stepped on the line so i i mean this isn't to say that they ran poorly not at all this is all about just how 
much better Markazic is than everyone else at the moment. Uh, for the perspective, Maya Ramsden, NCAA number six all time. Uh, Amina Matug, NCAA number seven all time. Bila Chapaturi is NCAA number 10 all time. Um, remember when like running 850 was like a big deal? Yeah. Yeah. Remember those days. That was fun. Actually, it's I mean, not nearly as fun as now. I'll just say that. I mean, you look at this. I mean, normally we don't get that many NCAA qualifiers from the 3K at BU, but you're looking at like six, seven like women like punching their ticket. Like it is going to be a tough, tough field to get into this year. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, um, I don't think we can say eight, which is crazy. Uh, is and here's the thing. I actually think here's a hot. T- I don't know how hot of a take this is. I feel like Asakal and May are probably still better suited for the mile. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I especially Asakal. Yeah, I and it's you know I think it's okay if, if the three K gets like super tactical maybe, but like I don't know. I I just think those they're just better suited for the mile. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, wild stuff. And like, let's talk about Matu real quick. the The fact that she's so versatile mm-hmm. is crazy impressive. But to then be so elite at all of these different levels is just as impressive. And then you have Bilip Chukuri, who I think we've been very high on this year. Yes, we loved her freshman year campaign. But I think you and I both saw this crazy high ceiling that she had, and now we're finally beginning to see it. Seventh yep. at NCAA XC, um, eight forty nine in this race, and then you know I kind of said this in, our, in my beat preview. I said this for Elmore, I said this for Asikol, and I said this for May. I was like, hey, they're great milers who also happen to have really good cross country seasons. In theory, this should be a really good time for them. This should be their sweet spot. Absolutely, that's exactly what happened. Um, and then lost in all of this is Kaylee Mitchell running a 51, which is like, again, another one of those, like, she might be one of the most underappreciated runners of this era. Count how good she is. I, yeah, I mean, what she's done. And I feel like she just gets paired with Featherstone Hall all the time, all right. the time. And she's obviously a great runner in her own right. But yeah, what Mitchell has been able to do sees every, every season is she is just almost an all American lock in every, in any event that she does in any year. Um, it is remarkable her consistency year in year out. All right, let's wrap the 3K. We'll go through the miles real quick. We'll maybe briefly touch it. 800s, Megan Hunter, 203, indoor 800-meter PR. Uh, she yep. wins easily from BYU. Great run. Um, I guess my only thought process is, you know, knowing that she had such a monster race at, at Outdoor Nationals last year, running that 201 out of nowhere. What does this 203 tell you about her in December? I mean, I think it just shows that she is a little bit more consistent and I think will be someone that we're going to see run a lot faster, more consistently throughout the year. Like it won't be as I think she'll run 201 again, at least, and it just won't be a surprise. We'll probably see her run it once or twice this year. And and I think that that probably is a great sign for her going into NCAAs where she can rely on like past performances rather than needing to have the race for life to be able to advance. Oh, I like that take. That's a good take. Um, Tenota Mastad, uh, Matsada 
Am I saying yep. that right? The Georgetown rookie, he ran 147 for 800 meters in high school. He ran 358 in the mile, also in high school. He runs wire to wire. Um, his teammate paces him. Um, pretty, you know, nothing really to note solid. here. Like he was solid. I don't know if you have any notes about that. No, I, when I saw that, I, the, that performance, I was just like, seems like a, a good rust buster first collegiate race, like nothing special, but I, I think it's just good to get that under his belt. And I expect faster times from him uh, when January comes along. Um, women's mile, Gabija Gavadite follows the pacer and just never relents. She's She was clearly the best runner in this field. I guess that she, I predicted that she would win. I predicted that she won 433. She did both of those things. Um, in fact, I think I actually got like four of the top five correct. And my fifth runner, Lauren Freeland, was six. So, well. <laughs> uh, it was a very predictable feel, but also like uh, I had a pretty good weekend for predictions other than like wildly us- underestimating the times uh, for some of those 5K and 3K times. But um, Sophia Gorian uh, leads the chase back and forth, 36. Gladys Chipnagetsch, who kind of followed Gavadite into the last few laps there. She gets third and 437. And then a slew of women, 437. Yeah. That's Claudia Kazmierska, Elise Thorner, Lauren Freeland, Savon Auerbach, um, what is your key takeaway from this race? I don't think we really learned anything. I think it was good to see Sophia Gorian um, run her first race as well. She's clearly one of the next great 800-meter runners that we're going to be seeing challenge um, the Stanford duo and Michaela Rose. I, and I think this is a great start for her, running 436, finishing second, and, and beating a lot of very accomplished women. But I mean, like you said, very predictable. I, I honestly thought the times would be maybe like two to three seconds faster. I, I'm surprised that like someone like Kazimierska is not running 435 in this race. Well, that's what I predicted her to run. So. Yeah, like I, I, I'm 100% with you. I, I thought four, sub 435 would, would be in the cards for her. But other than that, I mean, other than times being a little bit slower, I think everybody ran about what you would expect and the order isn't that surprising. I, it's, I want to get excited about this because this is the first big mile that we've seen all year but there's just not a lot to take from this um men's mile here uh on pro sam ellis takes the win uh is the aggressor for most of the race but aiden mccarthy of cal poly begins to push begins to push elliot cook of oregon also follows him in the end cook throws down a wicked last lap almost doesn't quite get ellis ellis you know gets the clear lean by 0.14 seconds but cook Made things quite interesting. Cook uh, gets second overall in 355. McCarthy, 356. I think that was a pretty predictable one, too. Uh, the, the times I have were pretty close there. Um, Parker Schneider of BYU, or not BYU, Boston, excuse yeah. me, yeah. Boston U, excuse me, comes out of nowhere, yeah. runs 356. And then Carson Smith of Cal Poly, 359. Ryan Van Hoy, another middle distance stud now on his roster. Uh, main takeaway here. Elliot Cook has blown me away in the last like three months. Yeah. The uh, his ability on the grass is way better than I I thought he would ever get to. He had a, a in a year where Oregon was just not very good in cross country. He was kind of the bright light. I I thought he was very very good and exceeded expectations. And then to carry that over to come right off of cross country season and then still be able to run three fifty five. Like he's going to run three fifty two this year. Like he's going to be very very good. Um, and I think that strength that he gained this fall is going to come to fruition in a big way this winter and spring. 
And I was not super high on him last year, but I, I think he's certainly a, a very strong All-American contender. Um, and then you pair that with what Aiden, beating an Aiden McCarthy, who I think we both feel like is is an All-American favorite as well. I I think Cook could turn into like the, the one a guy that we're talking very seriously about over the next few months. I I agree. I agree. Um, Cook was really impressive. Like he was relentless. He did not let up. I think in a lot of those situations, like you see someone like Ellis that far ahead, and it's like. You can see even from the broadcast, it's like, unless Cook pulls out the greatest kick in human history, he wasn't going to catch him, but he never let off. And it was at least close enough at the end to say, like, it was a close race. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was super impressed. And I admittedly, I don't think Cook is in a position to kick like that if McCarthy's not there to kind of bring him over. Um, So I'll give McCarthy credit there. Uh, Question, McCarthy, what does he run this year? I still think 800. Um, what about I, I the think DMR? Because now they have Davis Bove. They have a 359 mile. Yeah. So what about that? It's an interesting point. I hadn't thought of that. So I still think he probably runs the 800 just because I think he'll be part of the team that he'll be part of the, the qualifying team. But I think he'll ultimately be allowed to to chase him more of an individual race unless they think they can win um the dmr which i don't think they can i don't know mccarthy both that's that's a pretty good one i would still lean washington and oklahoma state like you think well yes yeah i mean i guess it depends on like who they run and i guess oklahoma state could pretty much field whoever they want um in washington too um yeah yeah okay yeah that's fair i don't know i I, I, it's I guess more it's fun true. when teams load up and do the DMR, but yeah, I, I, I just I, I know I know. But like, what if what if McCarthy doubled back? He did eight hundred, came back in the eight hundred leg, and they put Smith on the twelve. Yeah, I I, I think that's I, again. I think I just think his focus will be more the eight hundred. I I will be my I I think three fifty six is good, but I, I think we've seen his higher end ceiling comes in the eight hundred. Okay. Um, where does McCarthy, and this is my last question before mm-hmm. we cap it, where does McCarthy uh, end on the national leaderboard this season going into the national leaderboard? 356. Uh, no, with, for the 800 meters. Oh, uh, the, and the 800. Just in terms of like what time he runs um, uh, for qualification. Like what, top five, top 10, top three, top... Um, I'll say top five. I'll be... Oh, I, I, I don't. I'm trying to think of what the 800 field is going to look like, and it's going to be busy, Mata. Yes. Um. Well, we someone just from lost Iowa, Iowa State. Uh, yeah, we did. Roban. Yeah, yeah. Roban. Um. I just don't think it's quite as top heavy, and and st- people always emerge, but. Yeah. I, I think it won't be quite right. as stacked as as years past. And we yeah, said that before last year, and then it turned into a crazy good year. So things can change quick. Yeah, yeah. There's um, that's a good problem to have. So especially for content. But yes. All right, Ben. Nice job. I appreciate all the insight, and I appreciate again all of your uh, your work and analysis on this podcast. Shout out to Angela May. Uh, Angela May was awesome for us uh, at Boston U. He did some incredible freelance work. Go follow him on Instagram. We had a bunch of great um, just interaction, engagement on uh, some of our socials 
as we were covering Boston U. Um, so appreciate that. We've got a lot of good things in the works. Um, I, I've, I've got a few things that I'm going to show Ben after this that I'm, I'm pretty excited about. And uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, ben, any final words? Nope. Until next week, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you.